is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> The army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for Live indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot of politics in recent months. Uh, we talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, we have talked about, you know, uh, flat earth society. And today we do something completely different, like they would say in Monty Python. And here's how it goes. With a friend of mine, someone I've known for a while now, uh, his name is Jesse, and I kind of prefaced this in the last couple of days, by the way, Jesse. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out about uh, a local guy and how how the hell did he get in this trouble? All by your lonesome, by the way, Jesse. So uh, we have Jesse in the studio. Jesse, step up to the microphone. Let's see how you sound. First of all, I know you got a good voice. Howdy. Oh, you gotta say something. I know you talk more than that. Well, uh, how, how do you like the sound of my voice? That's good. That's good. I just, right. I'm looking at the levels here, just just like you do in the band world. You're, okay. a, you're a musician. Yes, sir. You're in a band called... Uh, penetration. What, penetration. Yep. <laughs> that's not your logo for Penetration on your shirt, is it? No, that's uh, that's Tulsa Doom's uh, cult in the movie Conan the Barbarian. Gotcha. All right, so now Jesse's uh, dressed just... If people are not watching on the on uh, on Facebook, which, of course, we encourage people to do that, uh, the, the one aspect about Jesse I've noticed in the last couple of years I've, I've, since I've seen you, be, before you got into this issue, mm. uh, you, you've, you've pumped iron since then. You, you've been, yeah, working, it, you've been working your body. Yeah. I am a fanatic about it, yeah. No, it's not uncommon for me to work out for four, four or five hours a day and lift over 300,000 pounds and work out. Right. And where do you do that, if you don't mind? Is somewhere local? Right here at... Uh... Um, yeah, most of my time spent doing this is at Planet Fitness. And that seems to be the popular place. I know a couple other people. In fact, I ran into you at, at uh, Garland City this past Friday, and two other guys knew you from the club. Yeah, I actually ran into a bunch of friends there. Actually, very cool. And you, you're a good friend uh, with uh, someone that I know. Uh, that's Adam. And uh, you guys are in penetration, Adams, and a lot of uh, bands. So it, it's it's different because you know Adam plays a little bit of uh, cover music, pop music, and so forth. And but penetration is is as heavy as you can get, right? It's as heavy as you can get. Like uh, if you were to ask me what bands I could try to compare myself to or influenced by, I'd say like if you like stuff like Slayer, Slayer, um, Gore, remember <laughs> Gore from the nineties? I don't know. If you remember I like Gore. Yeah. <laughs> Like Not war. It was war. They yeah. used to spit out. Blood I wouldn't compare so. us to to war. I right. don't think. I don't think anybody can be compared to war. <laughs> they're the they're the ultimate. Uh, depending upon how which way you look at it. Uh, so, but this particular band, Penetration, has been you have been in Europe on tour as as musician and the manager, and you've done this at least four times. You in Germany and all over the place. Correct. So to to give you a real quick uh, history here, uh, we started. Uh, 
Halloween weekend in 2005. And back then, yeah. it, it, we just couldn't find anywhere to play in mm-hmm. this you know, smaller area of the world. Right. So what we did to circumvent this is we, we actually started throwing keg parties at my old farmhouse in the country. And, and Adam Netto, yeah. who wasn't quite in the band yet, would, would still come and uh, bring his full light show, his lasers, and his fog. So... You show up to our party, and uh, we we got a full laser light show with fog. We we played uh, you know our first times ever at at, uh, at these parties, and uh, by our fifth show ever, we were opening in Cleveland, Ohio for Exodus, which nice. are like my uh, thrash heroes. And uh, in 2006, I took a, a job as a touring guitarist from a band from Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. I played uh, nine shows in Germany and one in the Netherlands and recorded a video with them. That band was Salsa Requiem, and the video was called Red Sea. It's still on YouTube. Right. And uh, in 2009, Penetration toured Europe for the first time. And uh, in 2013, I actually convinced my drum hero, Mark Rain, right. who's from a legendary German thrash band called Destruction and mm-hmm. also played in uh, a legendary band from Germany called Morgoth. Yeah. Actually, you know, thanks to social media and being able to talk to anybody in the world, I was mm-hmm. able to convince Mark to join the band. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was our most successful tour. We, pl- we started in Amsterdam, I think, and yeah. toured three shows in Transylvania all the way to Varna, Bulgaria and back. And then in 2016, I actually flew Mark here. And uh, we, we kicked the tour off at Shooties in Watertown. Wow. Uh, culminated this area in New York City in Brooklyn. Flew yeah. back to Europe. I remember and, that. And did some more shows. Yeah. And uh, after that, we went to Sweden and recorded uh, with my guitar hero at his studio, Andy LaRocca, King Diamond. And mm-hmm. um, he actually put a few guest solos on our on our EP, Hell Wants More Souls. And um, a couple of those songs, you can hear them on YouTube. Like Just Google uh, sure. YouTube, uh, Penetration Metalheads right. Forever, yeah. or Penetration See You in Guantanamo, or the older stuff like Return to Sodom. Well, yeah. All right, so that that is a, a story past, by the way. I didn't yep. realize you went, I, and I remember you went down to Brooklyn. Uh, you brought the one guy on, the famous dude. You recorded with him and so forth. You're still a musician. You're still performing from time to time. But we got to get to the nuts and bolts yeah, of sure. what happened to you because, you know, you wrote a book. You, you, you were incredibly, uh, uh, in th- how do I put this, enticed by the world of Necronomicon. Yes. Uh, and that's the name of this book. Now, I'm holding well, this up for people to see. This is almost as big as some uh, phone books from, from yeah. le- large metropolitan areas. How long did it take you to write this actual book? I slammed it out in three and a half months. Three and a half months. Uh, just for the record, though, I want to I want to make clear, because Necronomicon is already a mythos with uh, several books out. This is Necronomicon. MMXX, or which is Roman numerals for Necronomicon 2020. 2020. Uh, the Book of the Howling Beast, it's called. I, I published it under my pen name, A. Crowley, which is a riddle in itself, and you can find it on Amazon Books. Okay. All right. So with all this, because I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Jesse, you are a showman. You like for people to show up to watch you perform. You like people to know what's on your mind. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yes, you are. I mean, to some degree, I'm a narcissist. You're a nar- I think that we, we, we all try, you know, um, you know, a famous line, you have your 15 minutes of fame. You were seeking 15 minutes of fame. But before we go into that and how you landed into some trouble, you come from a, a, a well-educated family. You just Correct. lost your father, and I'm just yeah. learning that just now, moments ago. Yeah. But the, uh, your mom and dad met in Cornell University, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. And what, what was their, you know, what, 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 are they, what did your parents do in life? Well, um, after college, uh, well, you know what, before I forget, my parents actually also joined the Peace Corps, mm-hmm. and uh, they went to, I'm not sure if they went to Mexico too, but I know they went to Colombia and spent a lot of time there. Really? When they came back here, uh, my dad uh, bought my mother's father's farm, 
mm-hmm. which is out in the, the country between Lafargeville and Alex It's in Bay. the middle of nowhere. It's in yes. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, so my dad raised me on a dairy farm. He put me to work when I was like, she's 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother actually, ironically, retired from the post office, mm-hmm. which uh, you'll notice in my story, I have some... Uh, yeah, you got some issues with, <laughs> with the, the post, post office. office. <laughs> how ironic. All right, so that's the background of Jesse. Jesse, how old are you? I'm uh, about 100. Qu- you know, come on, well, how old are you? I'm actually 47. You're 47 years yeah. old. Okay. Uh, from an educated family, you're a musician, you live out in the country, you're familiar with uh, northern New York, you're also familiar with uh, Western Europe. Uh, they loved you over there. You are an American, a crazy American playing great music. And uh, I'm sure those are the best uh, des- best of days. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But in the process of writing the book, that is is just huge. It's actually bigger than Barbara Streisand's 990 page memoir, uh, Necronomicon 2020. You were trying to draw attention to yourself, and in the process, you got in trouble. So I'm going to try to assess your issue and how it landed you in jail. And where you are today. Does in that prison. In prison. Yeah, you weren't in the Jefferson County Jail. You were in a federal prison. You were in Allentown. Allen Wood. Allen, sorry, Allen Wood. Yeah, Allen Wood Low. And that's somewhere in, where is that now? Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Yep. And you said that was not a walk in the park because no one wants to be incarcerated. But when I hear federal penitentiary, I instantly think of like uh, Henry Hill and Goodfellas and, you know, crazy stuff. But you, you play tennis there or something or other. Well, so I spent uh, the first night, I actually, after my incarceration, I actually stayed in uh, Auburn County yeah, I, I think it's like Cayuga County Correctional Facility, if I remember correctly. But it's 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 Auburn. The next day, I was shipped to uh, Albany, mm-hmm. which uh, it, it's Albany County, but it's also a federal holding facility, I believe. Hmm. And I spent uh, basically ten months there until sentencing, which everybody you know was positive I would be released with time served. Right. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, the uh, the judge threw the book at me. I spent another month in Albany before I then went through a. a bounced around quite a bit so so uh after albany when i was shipped off the first place i went was mdc brooklyn and that's where uh i believe where epstein died i think r kelly went through there and it's it's no epstein died in manhattan but yeah he, he? Was, yeah he did yeah well but that's, that's what they were telling right, us right right, right. I, I don't know but um yeah, yeah he hung himself <laughs> yeah that's what they say right <laughs> right um i think i think supposedly though uh his his woman there whatever her name is uh, i think she's, she's there a, she's in a woman's uh uh penit- yeah she's in a federal prison now okay yeah and she's um, complaining every day in her hair so is falling out. so yes. i was there for a very very short time thank yeah. thank god because uh i mean it is the worst place i ever seen in my life there were guys in there mm-hmm. saying boy i wish i could just get transferred to rikers island really it's that bad wow so uh but wow. i after that they shipped me to uh lewisburg pennsylvania now that's that's a federal prison, and it, um, I think it used to be a monastery or something. And when I'm, you know, when they're pulling us up to that place, it looks like Auschwitz and Shawshank had a baby. <laughs> it's, wow. it's, it's the real deal. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, to, to give you an idea, what I was told, uh, supposedly they, the, the train tracks are still in the back of the prison where they actually built a railway specifically to bring John Dillinger in by rail car wow. so that uh, he couldn't be broken out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so that's it's a very famous historic uh, place historic for the wrong place. reasons, but nonetheless. Yeah. Well, uh, we, we, you know, every country, every society yeah. has, has, a, has a history. And Not all of it is history. After that, yeah. Yeah. that's when I was shipped to uh, Allenwood. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, prison is full, so they stuck us in the pen. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I only spent a week there because I was a short-timer by then. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, mm-hmm. 
And uh, then they sent me to Allenwood Low, but again, prison was full, so they stuck us in the hole. Hmm. So I spent 13 days in the hole, and then finally I was released into uh, the facility where, yes, it's it's kind of almost like a, a country club, if, if you could call it that, as far as prisons go. So, and again, we didn't even explain how you got there, but at the end of the day, the, the, DO, the Department of Justice thought you were a dangerous man. Uh, but uh, they let you out on probation, if I'm not mistaken, or parole at this point, right, Jesse? Probation. Like, probation, excuse well, me. Well, I, I, you know, the I fulfilled my uh, my federal sentence as far as the uh, guidelines with go. With good behavior. With good behavior, yep, and, um, and also with a little program time. So I ended up doing 13 and a half of the 16 months, but mm-hmm. uh, in regards to um, them referring to me, or, or you referring to me as... Uh, Perhaps they thought I was a dangerous person, um, mm-hmm. regardless of what they thought at the beginning. And you know, I'm, don't quote me on this because I don't have my uh, sentencing okay. don't memorandum yeah. right. right in front of me. But I seem to recall, if right. I'm not mistaken, that there there is a remark inside uh, the paperwork that says that it appears I did not intend to carry out any of these perceived threats. Well, what what you got convicted for, at least uh, at, while, while, why rather you did your time of roughly 13 and a half months, you were convicted of mailing threats. And Correct. at one point you were, again, we'll get into why and, and what your thought pattern was behind it. But there was a time that each and every month you were sending 21 letters out to various uh, media outlets, including Fox, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, Albany caught your eye, Utica, and I believe you even sent some locally. Or no, you didn't send anything locally here because you didn't want to do no, that. No, I did, just not not so prolific. Anonymously, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, I never said who I was. Uh, and, um, you know, just to, to, to throw a little foreshadowing or understanding of what was going on here as far as my intent, I, I knew I had to conceive a mass media publicity stunt, but in order to do this, I wanted to... Um, Remain anonymous for the time being and try to create, theoretically I knew as time went on, month after month, that this should theoretically create a buzz behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and that when my identity came out, anybody I sent material to would then theoretically cover my story. And that included People Magazine, from what I was told. And again, from talking to you and understanding, and I've known Jesse, I mean, obviously I didn't know you during the time when you, but you got out and I met with you. And uh, you clearly say that you did this in order to attract attention to the book that you wrote and your and your and your your beliefs. Is that a good way of assessing this, Jesse? Very close. Uh, and um, it, uh, my fi- my official court statements, I believe, say something. Again, I don't have it here in front of me. That's right. So uh, so don't quote quite me uh, quite quote me on it. But mm-hmm. it, it basically, it, the official. The official uh, statement here is that I did it to bring publicity to myself and a book I wrote. Now, that's obviously Necronomicon MMXX or Necronomicon 2020. Mm -hmm. However, I began this project long before I even conceived Mm -hmm. of publishing this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in in short, each letter that I mailed out was actually uh, intended to be a chapter in the series I was writing called The Procession of the Equinox. How many books have you written, by the way, Jesse? That's you got one here. How first many, one, yeah. That's your first, how many total? I mean, you just, you, what was the last one? You just rattled off the title of the second one. How many books have you written? That, that's that's the only book I got written oh, okay, and published gotcha, so far. Okay, yeah. gotcha, okay. All right, so uh, The Rise of the Chinese Zodiac Killer. That was your name. Yeah. And yet, you, and it states right from the beginning that 
Well, that being said, the first thing that should be clear about all this, and this comes from the actual uh, federal government, that no violence was ever intended. And nothing on this project encompass uh, had anything to do with the physically hurting of people. And, and you, you said you apologize for those who might have been upset by the material. Uh, but uh, that was not the intent at all. Again, you just stated you wanted to draw attention to yourself. Now, Jesse, let me just slip something in here. That's why people got, you know, a different perception of you. Yeah. Well, that's why people, not to mention the Department of Justice and the FBI, right. saw you as, a, you know, especially in these, this day and age, as a possible threat to society. Did you understand their angle on that, Jesse? Yeah, of course. And just to be clear regarding what you just said, I mean, that you're reading off a statement I wrote, that, and that was true, that uh, no violence was ever intended, but that... Don't quote the federal justice system and department on them saying that mm-hmm. they they said something in the nature. I think mm-hmm. you know I'm not trying to quote them because I don't want to cause any legal problems right, there. Right. But from my understanding, at least uh, it was clear that um, hopefully clear that no uh, it, it there was did, no bad intentions or fit it did not appear I intended to carry out these threats. Yeah. And it's also to be stated here that you did get in trouble, and you, you've, you've never been in trouble with the law before. Not really, no. Yeah, not what? You, you had some issues uh, with Well, the, you uh, know, like when I was in college, I mean, I got uh, caught with the, some marijuana paraphernalia, but that's like, we're, we're, that's dismissed, that's long in the past. But so, nothing yeah. that could incriminate you to the point where you said, well, this guy had a serious misdemeanor in his past and or felony. Correct. That, that, was, that probably helped you, Jesse? Absolutely. Okay. And I was a school bus driver. Right, right. You were school bus. How many years did you drive a school bus? Uh, two years. And just to make this clear, this is yeah. something I want to always throw out there is the safety of the kids mm-hmm. and the students was always my number one priority over right. anything else. Right. I, this, this, don't take this the wrong way, Jesse. But you know what movie comes out with? with you know, did you ever see the movie Taxi Driver by any chance with Robert De Niro? I've only seen parts of it. Yeah, but you, you're familiar with it, is that correct? A little bit. And in that case, this guy set out on a mission, despite the fact he was kind of an unwilling participant because he was in the bowels of of New York City back in the mid '70s, and he wanted to save a young girl from being a prostitute. I'm not saying you did any of that, but he used scary tactics in mm-hmm. order to get noticed, and he saved her life, played by Jodie Jodie Foster. So he he had to be violent. Like you weren't, by the way. And remember, Correct. I'm talking about a movie. Correct. But he did it on purpose. Can I make the correlation there by you trying to attract people to your writings by being in a threatening, uh, you know, personality uh, by sending, you know, all these different documents and files to the to the various media outlets during that time frame? Is 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 that you know? Can I can I at least exclaim that you were just looking to draw attention and you were going to do it in a way that was going to that was certainly going to raise some eyebrows? This was a mass media publicity. St- strategy right. and stunt that I conceived uh, to move as efficiently and as quickly as possible to gain as much media attention and the world's attention to me as possible. Um, and the methodology I saw to do this efficiently as possible, I, look, I knew that um, making a YouTube channel or talking about it on Facebook or, or anything like that, these traditional methods of trying to bring attention to one's work, while ethical, it would not have moved as a fast, as efficiently and as quickly as I wanted. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is where people are probably going to get a little irritated with me saying this. I right. think, I think uh, the investigator didn't like it when I said this, but uh, <laughs> I observed by watching the behavior of everyone from our uh, news and media outlets to politicians mm-hmm. to uh, religious organizations to law enforcement and the courts that. Uh, they utilize 
fear on a regular basis to direct people's attention to where they want it. And you've got to feed off that, so to speak, by, by putting fear in, and instilling fear yourself. It was, uh, it was, from my perspective, something like a necessary evil in the strategy. To, okay. uh, All right. So, Jesse, let me ask you. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you this. What was it, in, as far as your writings, this huge book and whatnot, your passion behind, once again, the name is Necronomicon 2020. Mm-hmm. What was it within your writings and your ideology that you used this methodology to be known? And, and then I'm going to have a follow-up question. But what is it that you wanted people to know about it? Excellent. Um, and this is where i got to try to explain this in a, just, a concise just format. Take it slow, and, and you don't have to get crazy. You yeah. don't have to get technical. Because one, I won't understand, and I'm going to go on a limb and say the audience doesn't understand. Yeah. Just say it in layman's terms. Yeah. So what I what was I trying to do? That's yeah. what you want to exactly. know, right? What okay. were you trying to draw people's okay. attention so to? Okay, so bear with me here, and yeah, I'm sure. going to try to get a little bit into the backstory real quick. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I was young, of course... Uh, Growing up as a teenager, I loved heavy metal. I loved horror movies, Dungeons and Dragons, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, if not for any more than being rebellious, I took an interest in, uh, you know, is witchcraft real? Is the devil real? Is all this kind of stuff real? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I started exploring that um, <laughs> topic, subject matter, for lack of a better way to put sure. it. So, so I wanted to know, well, how do I learn? Is if this stuff is real, if magic is real and stuff, how, mm-hmm. how do I learn about it? Mm-hmm. So I. I was able to find a teacher, okay, and that teacher lived here in Watertown, and uh, I was introduced to him, and he had a tattoo shop on Factory Street, and hmm. um, his name was John, but you may remember hmm. Dr. Strange. Yeah, I do remember. Dr. Yeah. Strange's tattoos, okay? His, yeah. his real name was John, right. uh, but uh, his, his professional name was Dr. Strange. He's right on the corner. Yeah, and he... He was the real deal, um, hmm. and uh, he uh, he introduced me to this world and began teaching me, or at least uh, recommending books to me and stuff like that. Now, this just is super cool because I can, after all these years of, yeah. of learning about this stuff, I can legitimately say, hey, I was trained in the, the arts of magic and mysticism by none other than uh, Dr. Strange himself. Right, exactly. Who can say that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> basically, as the years went by, I, I dove into this, and... Uh, I I didn't care about like doing little spells or whatever. I wanted to know the secrets of reality. I wanted to know why we're here, mm-hmm. what the answer to life is and all this. So I I dove into this stuff really deep and uh I experienced so many I I, I experienced so much phenomenon mm-hmm. that I documented into a, a series of seven colored notebooks. Uh it, it over time it, my mind in regards to my sense of logic and reason, accepted that reality is not what we necessarily know it as. This stuff is actually real. Mm-hmm. As time went on, um, I was <sighs> just for the record, and this is I'm just trying yeah, yeah, to keep yeah. my thoughts organized. Right. When I published Necronomicon MMXX or Necronomicon 2020 on Amazon, right. this is actually all my consolidated notes mm. from those seven colored notebooks of documented experiences culminated over the years culminated over inspired well over, by uh, dr strange love or whatever dr strange dr strange who <laughs> yeah. was a tattoo artist yeah. right there on, on high street if so I'm not mistaken. Yeah. uh th- this uh this culminated with me and this is look folks i know uh that's this, right you don't have to apologize anything we'll, i know this is where i'm gonna sound crazy and, yeah. and delusional we'll look at whether i'm delusional or whether or not this is the truth right uh, uh 
in regards to absolute truth, this is the truth that I know it as. Mm-hmm. And that is in uh, August 24th, 2020, right. I became what could be considered Illuminati or something of that nature. And when this happened, uh, I was, lack of a better way to put it, I discovered incredible secrets mm-hmm. about our reality, including that uh, we, as far as from my understanding, we exist within a simulation. It is a game and that there is a, a time limit mm-hmm. for my my character, so to speak. And um, that then I conceive this strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I play this game and play to win hmm. and change the world and make the world a better place, um, raise the consciousness of humanity. And in order to do this, I had to somehow get uh, attention, a mass media attention. And I, and I having should, a cha- YouTube channel in your term wasn't enough. It's, it's, it's not going to be efficiently enough because there is a time limit. Right. And, uh, and, and from my perspective right. and, and this, uh, Reality went absolutely haywire after mm-hmm. this event in August, right. including uh, whether you believe me or not, um, and vis- both visual and uh, physical contact right, so with let, non-human entities. Let, okay, so that's a great setup, and let's go over the timeline. That was in August, over three years ago. Here it is, though. I'm I am looking at my dates. Uh, two year, less than two years later, in May nineteenth, two thousand twenty-two, you're arrested. Was Correct. that a surprise to you? Not exactly. So, in other words, when the feds, whoever showed up at your house, I don't know where it was, Jesse, when they did come up and put cuffs on you, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. were you surprised at that very moment? Not really. No. If In fact, um, I had documented my adventures and you even used automatic handwriting in the walls of my home, which I was going to paint anyway. So, I, it's not like it mattered if I scribbled on the walls, you know, with marker. And I mean, I, it's your wall. You could do it. It's my wall, you, you know, and I'm going to paint it. So, for the time being, I, I documented thousands of uh maybe a thousand messages on my wall including things like and and i dated them so there's things like december 2020 still no swat uh december uh then 2021 wow fbi you sure are slow which i'm not trying to mock them or anything right but uh you know i was trying hard to get Mm -hmm. this attention which i knew could Mm -hmm. theoretically End up with me being arrested, and um, you were willing to take that chance. I was, I was willing to take that chance, and uh, and I was arrested. So when this this happened, mm-hmm. you know, this actually happened at Planet Fitness. Are you? I didn't know that. And I was, uh, I was a school bus driver, and everything was like clockwork. I right. would get up, I'd, I'd go to work. Did you clean the uh, the treadmill? No, just kidding. No, I, and uh, <laughs> you know, at, at nine, I would uh, finish inspecting my bus. I'd get to Planet Fitness at nine thirty, right. you know, between bus runs, and start my workout. Right. And this had gone on for so many months that it's it's. It's like a normalcy bias, like uh, another day, like, mm-hmm. well, no no SWAT team showed up. Maybe, maybe you know, and from my perspective. But you I, were paranoid, though. It to like to you, an extent, yeah, because yeah. I didn't know if anybody cared. Right. I didn't know if my my um, chapters or my, my letters that I was mailing out were getting thrown in the garbage or taken seriously or what. I had no idea. But you were so, sending them to, like, some serious people. Oh, yeah. I was sending them even to the FBI themselves. And, and I believe you also sent them to, like, Nancy Pelosi's place. Correct. So you knew at that point that you would perhaps maybe digging yourself a hole, Jesse. Oh, yeah. And um, so here I am walking up to Planet Fitness like clockwork any other day. Right. And, uh, you know, 
And, and of course, the, the windows at Planet Fitness are huge. They can see into the parking lot. And this is actually at our mall. Right. So here I am walking up just like any other day. And I look up, and here comes the investigator walking towards me wearing what? a bulletproof vest that says FBI. Right. And I was just one guy? Just one guy. And I say, well, today's the day. Right. And uh, he's, he's looking off into the parking lot. And I'm thinking to myself, well, don't jump to conclusions. Because I was just, just going to put my hands up and say, hey, you, right, got, right, right, you know, right. I give up. Yeah, you're, you're or, not going to, but yeah. Or even something sarcastic like, yeah, what took you so long? Yeah. You yeah, know, right, right. but, uh, you know, I'm like, well, what if, well, maybe he's not even here for me. You don't know. Just just right. keep yeah, walking. Maybe he's here to work out at his FBI uh, Yeah. So he's looking off in the parking lot, which I now realize in hindsight was t- probably towards a dozen or so law enforcement officers swarming in on me Jeepers. from behind. Yeah. And uh, like the end of you know, Christmas that's, vacation. That's, that's when I yeah. I got arrested. Now, now the the ir- ironic thing here is is I was trying to get as much mass media attention as possible. Right. And I always wondered at home if I was going to hear a knock on the door and, right. and walk out and look out and see a SWAT team. Right. It couldn't have actually gone any more efficient for what <laughs> I wanted. Really. Everyone that was there at Planet Fitness looking right. out the windows saw it. Right. It's at the mall. Right. It was it was uh, basically. Better than I could have hoped for as far as attention right. went. Right, right. So that, that girl in the really skimpy outfit, did she find you sexy at that point when you were being led away? Or, no, nah, just kidding, Jesse. I hope so. <laughs> All right, so anyway, so that happened. By the way, did that get coverage in local, uh, that, that was going on uh, two years after COVID. So did, what, did you get any coverage locally on that, uh, when you got arrested in a local place like that at Planet Fitness? Was it on Channel 7? Uh, you'd have to tell me I was. I, ch- I don't remember <laughs> Jesse. I don't remember seeing it. I really don't. Um, all I know is what. Well, first of all, uh, and, unless you went to January sixth, they cover that. But with guys like you, they don't cover that. No, just go ahead. Um, as, I do know that it was covered at some of the uh, news outlets here in Watertown. Although I haven't still right. watched so, them myself. All right. So let's let's. Uh, first of all, I got to do a commercial break. And we oh. will open up the phones. People have been trying to get in. I get it. But the main thing to, about this is to learn about Jesse and about his story and how this all unraveled. And the main fact, this is most important, you are not a dangerous man to society. Is that Absolutely correct? not. That's 100%. I want to make it clear this never had anything to do with uh, actual, actually carrying out any violence. And just for the record, nothing yeah. I'm doing uh, is intended to cause any incitement or any people to have a violent reaction in society themselves or form a coup or anything like that. You, you didn't know. want to feed anyone to the alligators, did you? Uh, I can think of a few nah, people. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> All right, anyway, it was just a local reference. All right, I got to do this, uh, and uh, we were back. we'll be back with this special Live at Five show right after this. My name is Gloria. We realized that our old will did nothing to protect us. us at driveamericaauto.com or come see us today. We can't wait for you to join the Drive America family. All right, we're back with Jesse here. Uh, and uh, we do have a phone call. Remember, Jesse, the reason why we had to push your show from last week to this week is mm-hmm. because of the political season. Yes, sir. So now we just have a follow-up call with someone who, uh, who wanted to be your council person. So let's go and find out. Jason, you there? Jason. Oh, Jason has left the building. Jay- Jason's left the building. Jason, can you hear me? Let me try it again. Jason, you there? Oh. Worst show ever. Hi, you're in the air. Yes, Glenn. What's going oh, it on? is. <laughs> I think... Go ahead, Jason. Real quick. I th- I th- okay, very quick. I sent you a, uh, a picture of the uh, sales tax revenue. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, I have a guest in the studio today. Have you been listening to the show? We're not talking politics today. No. Okay. All right. Call me up tomorrow, okay? <laughs> Please. All right, Glenn. All right, thanks. I'm, he's trying to save the world, just like you, Jesse. Yeah. Hi, do you have a question today? Hey, Glenn, is he, is he Donnie's brother? Uh, no, no, he's not. Okay, he, put he your headsets just on. Just like Donnie, oh. whacked out, man. Well, okay, so, you know, a little criticism hey, here. Satan rules, All right, buddy. thank you. Uh, he, he said you sounded like Donnie. You do remind me of a caller, and I just mentioned him earlier to you during the commercial break. He's off. You don't need. Uh, and he just said you sound like our friend Donnie. I actually reached out to Donnie, who's out of town, to make sure that you knew, or that he knew that you were going to be on the air, because you, you, you guys do cross the same type of theories, and uh, I find that fascinating. Hi, you're on the air. Uh, Jesse, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yeah, say it again. I wanted to ask him about his drug use, uh, Glenn. Yeah, go right ahead. I can't hear oh, anything. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold, yeah, yeah, he wants, there we go. He wants to ask you about your drug use. You're a heavy drug addict. Is, am I wrong on that? Or? No, I don't use drugs. You don't even drink. You said you use marijuana. Well, well, when I was 19, I'm 47, man. So did you have to pass a drug test to get a, get a school bus uh, driving Yeah, of course. Job? Yeah, of course. And you I'm passed sorry? that? Yes, he said no, yes. I, I uh -huh. passed plenty of drug tests. Are you tests. from this area? Yeah. What is this? What's my line? Where yes, are you he's from. You're from LaFarsville. Yeah, originally. Yeah. yeah. So your main purpose today is to sell a book. Is that correct? Not quite. Is but... that why you're here, Glenn? I don't understand this guest, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, you I... Know, maybe you know the gentleman. Yeah. I don't understand why he's in the studio. Ah, well, I, I appreciate that, sir, but it's it's a fascinating story, and I do know Jesse, and he uh, he he made some mistakes, and that's why he's uh, he's in our studio t today to talk yeah, about. Has he ever held a real job, nine to five? Yes, I was a school bus driver. I was a school bus driver, and I was also how many uh, hours. All right, come how on, many no hours? Interrupting, no interrupting. <laughs> look at look at. I worked the full. <laughs> look, I worked at the largest school You're district. You're telling me just a minute. You're telling me you never used anything but weed. A little bit when I was younger, but nothing. Uh, you know, I've never smoked crack, heroin, crystal meth. No. Yeah, uh, I don't think people want a bus driver on high on weed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. No, That's why uh, th this is... This I is... just don't know why he's in the studio, Glenn. All right, I appreciate it. All right, thank okay. you. Uh, okay, thanks. Okay. So, again, we're gonna have, I knew we were going to have naysayers today. But I've known you, Jesse. You're the, one of those guys that, you know, you have all the earmarks, based on this guy's calculations, that you're a nutcase who just uh, gets high on drugs all the time. And that's not... You don't even drink beer. Rarely, I'll drink a beer with maybe. But with you're dinner. not. A, my point is this: you are not a drinker, but people right. immediately start assuming you know, Illuminati sending letters. Yeah. You know, he's got to be on psychedelics. He's got to be friends with RFK Jr. All this stuff, and it's not. It's this is Jesse. This is your brain, and on, on not on drugs, Jesse. This is your brain. Uh, right. Every I mean, day. I typically do even i mean my lifestyle revolves around uh tracking my calories protein right all this stuff drinking over a gallon of water a day uh, often doing a thousand push-ups as supplemental to my weight training right uh as far as marijuana goes i haven't smoked marijuana in years and years mm -hmm. um there's i'm not a drug user so that's just nonsense could you ever get back into i mean there's a shortage on on D, uh, dsl i'm sorry uh, well truck drivers in general uh who need, who have to have a special license to be a, a, a school bus driver could you ever do that again if would the law allow you <laughs> uh if somebody was willing to hire me certainly as far as i know i could drive school bus. I know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can and, and and again people are gonna say i'm crazy for saying this but i'd rather have someone like like you 
you know, who knows, who doesn't take drugs, who's going to make sure the car is not going to drive off the road. You're going to be there early every day. But Jesse, here's the problem. You screwed up. You, you, you got attention. And in fact, one guy did a video of you and, and the, the FBI kind of knew right away that, that it was you. It, 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 was that a calculated, you mentioned it earlier, that was kind of a calculated risk that you were going to be out in the open about mailing at a public place. For instance, the public post office that we have less than a half a mile from where we're sitting. And other areas, you knew that there were cameras there that were. That's correct. So, what were your thoughts there? You kind of unleashed earlier about why you did it, knowing that you were definitely going to be caught, so to speak. Right? Am I right or wrong? I was working very hard to uh, create as much of a mass media stunt as possible. Right. And uh, I knew sooner or later I very well could end up with trouble from law enforcement or even the FBI, and. Um, it took them actually a long, what's long a, what's time. A, uh, two years? Uh, this this project went on for twenty months. Tw- okay, almost two years. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So yep. that said, I mean, I mean, I the first thing I think about is like the Unabomber who passed away like a year or two ago in prison. He was the guy that did do physical harm and killed people with bombs that he put uh, in in uh, devices, I should say, in packages, and he would send them to like professors and uh, people he he didn't like, people he felt were damaging the uh, the environment, and whatnot. He got away for so many years because he did it in the '80s and '90s when they didn't have cameras and surveillance. In fact, the only image we had of him was a was a drawing of a guy in a hoodie and sunglasses. That's all we had. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a lot more difficult for him to accomplish what he wanted to do due to technology. You didn't use violence. You didn't send bombs. You did, however, get convicted of threatening a letter, sending threatening letters. But at all along, uh, there was a lot more. I guess you could say technology that was maneuvering or, or monitoring you more so than anyone in the past. So you picked a bad time is what I'm saying, Jesse. Or perhaps you didn't care because, like you said from the beginning, you were looking for the attention yeah. because you knew a YouTube channel wasn't enough for you to disseminate the information. I, I knew uh, that I was mailing stuff out in front of cameras, in front of everything. I mean, uh, I was basically almost testing uh Testing the reactions of uh, society or whoever, mm-hmm. seeing mm-hmm. you know what would happen and and whatnot. I it, you know it started with me being paranoid to the core and 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 uh, being extremely cautious. And by the end, I was just like, man, that's it's not going to work if I don't somehow get the, get massive yeah. attention. Right. You know, and I was. I didn't think anything of just mailing out in front of a camera. All right, so let's before we get into the friends that you met in prison, which is is, is as intriguing as hell. I love hearing that stuff. I really do. Call me crazy. Call me a nutcase myself. But you did meet some people in prison that were linked to organized crime, for instance, or other things. Sure, you're by law not allowed to be you know reach out to them or you know correspond with them at all, especially when they're incarcerated, especially based on the reasons why they were in jail. But you met some pretty bad people in there, but you became friends with them, Jesse. Explain that. Well, I mean, um, at the time, yeah, and I, I, I had a good relationship with them as far as being acquaintances go, but obviously it's not like I still talk to them or anything, you know. But were you surprised that you actually were able to make friends with, I guess I can say, you know, dangerous people? What's, uh, what's really cool and a testament to my character, I think, uh, right from the start, I, you know, in, in this entire bid that I did. I never once got in a single fight. I uh, All the inmates respected me. Mm-hmm. The corrections officers at Albany on my tier, those guys are great. Um, mm-hmm. Those guys, 
you know, uh, looked out for me. They got got me uh, a job, and uh, hmm. you know, they helped me anytime I needed it. And uh, then when I got to prison, of course, you know, it's a whole new staff of people. Right. But uh, you know, um, I I'll tell you something interesting about federal prison is. If you don't join a car, which is kind of like a clique or a gang, not mm-hmm. not a gang like MS-13, but if you don't join a car, they're mm-hmm. called, then you're stuck sitting with n- the only people you can sit with, which are uh, child molesters and sex offenders, mm-hmm. or uh, believe it or not, who's at the bottom of the list, mm-hmm. uh, the most hated people in prison are your snitches. Right. So you do not want to end up sitting with these people. Right. So right from the start, uh, they check my paperwork, this one car. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, "Okay, you're not a sex offender. You're not a snitch. Right. Uh, you can you you, you know welcome you can, aboard. Welcome aboard. Yeah. And you, and there's there's no obligation. There's no hazing right, or anything right, like that. Right, right. And there's also no racism in, involved. Uh, even though we the car I was in was the white car. Right. Well, that's just because I'm white, you right. know. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they give you sneakers and they give you stuff to to help you at the beginning. And uh, I earned their respect. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of these guys." That we talked to, yeah, sure, we're probably within organized crime. For, really, really, for sure. Yeah. Wow, but they, okay, so but then you, you found comfort, if you will, because you were associated with a with a group of people that were, you know, were going to protect you to some degree, and you yeah. weren't going to stand out as one of the people that are despised. I mean, prison's right. a bad place; no one yep. wants to be there. But the one thing that I've learned over the years, just by hearing stories like your own, is that the lowest of the low are definitely not respected in prison. That's for sure. No, the uh, the snitches are at the bottom, and the sex offenders and the child molesters they're they're uh, hated. And uh, the thing about Allenwood was it's it's like eighty percent child molesters. Wow, isn't that something? Yeah, and that's in Pennsylvania. Listen, yep. I got to do another break because I, this I knew, you knew this hour was going to buy go by fast. Yep. Look at the time. I got to do our last and final break here on the Live at Fire Show. We'll be back with Jesse right after this. The next generation of streaming is 5658-2004. Alright, we're back uh, with the final five minutes or so, less than five minutes with Jesse uh, talking about uh, various things. Talking about your experience that night when you got arrested at... Uh, Planet Fitness right here in Watertown. Um, you know, they didn't rough you up. You didn't resist. Correct. Um, they treated that, me that, well. That helps you. That I mean, you know, I see people are, uh, are resist getting a, a parking ticket these days on, on, on TikTok videos. Um, you didn't. And, and like you said earlier, you kind of saw it coming. Yep. And then one particular guard or, or, or uh, corrections officer, I should say, excuse me, said something to the effect that uh, you were just a, a letter mailer that got carried away. Yeah. What does that, that mean? Uh, you know, the basically, there's some real bad people in there. In my tier in Albany, uh, I was locked up with a guy who killed his own mother. Hmm. Um, there, there was some real rough guys in there, and you know, I fortunately, uh, I believe anyway, earned the respect of the uh, the corrections officers that were responsible for overseeing us. I remember, you know, the one saying to me, "Man, you don't even belong here. You're a letter mailer who didn't know when to quit." Right, right. You right. know, and and another one, he said, "You don't think we don't know the difference between you and." That guy over there, and he points to a guy who's you know goes through the trash to right. pick food out and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. you know I and I behaved and I worked and I uh, kept my cell clean mm-hmm. and read books and stuff, and uh, right. they treated me well. And um and 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 like you said, the uh, the investigators who who arrested me, you know, they didn't they didn't beat me up or anything like that. They they uh, were pretty professional, I would say about it. Mm, interesting. You were probably happy that you were released early on <laughs> your original sentence. Indeed, and then uh, all right, and then you had an unrelated weapons charge. Can you, can you elaborate? And that came from the yeah. state. That's yeah. when I that's when I saw you leaving uh, the courts uh, uh, complex with your lawyer. 
That yeah. Well, um, so basically, I got arrested on a federal charge. It was a federal investigation, as far as I knew. Mm-hmm. And um, but you have to understand, I was a legal gun owner right. and a deer hunter since I've been a teenager. Mm-hmm. And uh, evidently, um, two firearms and some magazines that I had were supposed to be modified for what I believe is Governor Cuomo's Safe Act, right. which I didn't know that they had to be modified, and uh, they were locked up. You know, I I, I uh, was a responsible firearms owner, mm-hmm. and I always filled my deer, deer tags and called it called it in. You know, and, and did everything by the books. Well, uh, evidently. Um, in New York State, I was supposed to modify them. I think it's a what I was told was like a you know after this fact was like it was like a thirty five dollar fee per, or per, something yeah, and some per, paperwork. Right, right. Well, they uh, gave gave me a felony for that, and they waited ten months hmm. until I was actually almost into federal sentencing before they gave it to but me. But you do realize that that all came unraveled, if you will, because of your other conviction. Yes, and and I've seen that with other people locally where you get in trouble with one and something benign. Is all of a sudden becomes a big Correct. problem. Yeah. Is is that how that? But in other words, if you didn't become who you became and arrested at uh, uh, the, uh, the the club, uh, they wouldn't have known anything about these unregistered guns uh, in in terms of whether they're not they were compliant with New York yeah, State. Yeah. So I mean, I'm 47 years old at this point and uh, had no criminal record, you know, and um, always been a responsible gun owner. And uh, as yeah. So, but that, that that that's not a problem. My, my, no, my my point is is that uh, if if I wouldn't have done all this, I'd still have my gun sitting there and locked up in Where my bedroom. Where does Jesse go from here? How can people learn more about Jesse and your plight and and your book for that matter? Uh, say the name of the book again. It's too many syllables. The, the uh, verbal title is Necronomicon twenty twenty, but that. That 2020 is written in Roman numerals. So right. if you go on Amazon Books, mm-hmm. it's Necronomicon MMXX, also called the Book of the Howling Beast, under my pen name, A. Crowley, which was a riddle. Right. And um, it's all my documented experiences with the, the cult and the, the paranormal and, and the Illuminati, all that kind of stuff. Jesse, thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate it. we yep. got to sign off here. we got nine seconds left. <laughs> we learned a lot about you today, Jesse. And right now we gotta go. AM twelve forty W E ten Watertown makes this legal. Up next, of course, is CBS, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Glenn. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks. The FBI is investigating potentially deadly attacks.